0: Every now and then around here, we do what we did this morning and don't invite you to come forward and light candles of joy and sorrow at our prayer time, and instead we do what we did, which was ask you to say aloud the names of people and things that you're praying for and thinking of and grateful for from where you're sitting It's not always for some deep theological or spiritual reason that we do this. Sometimes it's logistics, like today with our veggie cafe and annual meeting. It would be good for the service to end sooner rather than later. Preacher, take note. And with spoken candles, you never know. How many people are going to be moved to speak on a given day? But I wonder if you have noticed that when we invite you to say aloud your joys and what you're grateful for, that there tend to be significantly fewer of those than when you name your sorrows and concerns. Yes. This isn't any kind of criticism, and I know for myself, I tend to focus more on who is hurting and who needs help and what is broken in our world, rather than on what there is to celebrate. Maybe it's our human nature to do this. Maybe it's our culture. Maybe the Puritan ancestry of New England has something to do with it. But doesn't it seem that in general we seem more inclined to focus on sorrow rather than joy, to pay more attention to what is wrong rather than what is right? Is this true? You think this is true? And the church can tend to amplify this, right? Most religious traditions I'm aware of seem better at and more comfortable with sorrow and grief than they are with celebration and joy. Of course, facing difficulty and trouble is certainly an important part of what we do here. The poet Philip Larkin says this about the church. He writes, "'A serious house on serious earth,' it is and there's nothing wrong with being serious some of the time but remember these familiar words from Ecclesiastes to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance." Many of us were encouraged at an early age to be still and keep quiet in church. We learned that this is a serious place. Hopefully we learned that it is a safe place to weep and mourn and bring whatever it is that you're bringing. But how many of us were encouraged to laugh in church or to dance? Our worship theme for this month of June is joy. Joy. Isn't this a wonderful theme for this month, when so much is blooming and in bud? When so many people are getting married or celebrating anniversaries? When trees and plants have put on their green clothes for summer and birds are building nests and having little baby birds? When I start thinking about joy, I imagine a raucous, loud, unbridled kind of joy. You know, the yelling at the top of your lungs kind of joy that you may experience at graduations, which are happening all around us right now, or that you may experience when your team wins the Super Bowl or the NCAA basketball championship. 2017. (laughs) About the closest that I get these days to that full-throated kind of joy is this safe enclosure of my car. When the weather finally gets warm enough that I can drive down the highway with the windows down for a change, this makes me so happy that I put on that great song from Bruce Springsteen, and I sing as loud as I can. Hey, what else can we do now except roll down the window and let the wind blow back your hair? (laughs) I could go on, but you don't want me to. (laughs) The night's busted open. These two lanes will take us anywhere. But those are few and far between moments for me. The joy I'm mostly acquainted with is a quieter kind of joy. A feeling of gratitude for moments of peace, for simple blessings that sometimes come unexpectedly. Times when things just seem right, And I have the presence of mind to actually notice and not miss it. And sometimes when this happens, I will look around and smile to myself and will say either aloud or just silently, thanks for this. Thanks for all of this. And this is what Anne Sexton just told us about in her poem. Her practice of attentiveness that she writes about in her simple ode to joy. I'm going to share it with you again. There is joy in all. In the hair I brush each morning. In the can and towel newly washed that I rub my body with each morning. In the chapel of eggs I cook each morning. In the outcry from the kettle that heats my coffee each morning. In the spoon and the chair that cry, Hello there, Anne, each morning. In the Godhead of the table that I set my silver plate cup upon each morning. All this is God right here in my pea greenhouse each morning. And I mean, though often forget, to give thanks, to faint down by the kitchen table in a prayer of rejoicing as the holy birds at the kitchen window peck into their marriage of seeds. So while I think of it, let me paint a thank you on my palm for this God this laughter of the morning lest it go unspoken the joy that isn't shared I've heard dies young so how do we expand joy how do we share it and keep it flowing We could start by writing a thank you on our palm for the joys of this day. Yeah. We want to do what increases joy. Share it in our joy in ways that make it spread out, not in ways that make others feel sad or left out, of course. I wonder if you noticed in what... Anne Sexton writes that she's writing about sharing joy but she's also writing about being alone unless you count the kettle and the spoon and the chair that cry out to her each morning and the birds at her window and the God to whom she offers her prayers of thanks. All this is God. She says, "And isn't this good theology? All this around us is gift, is holy, when we have the time and attention to see it in its fullness. The way the morning light can come through the window and lie upon the table. the way you light these candles and the way they glow with your unspoken and heartfelt prayers. All this is God. I mean, the holy is in everything. If we will take the time to notice. You can share your joy even when you're all alone by simply noticing it and letting that joy fill you and then acknowledging it, giving thanks for these gifts. You can offer up a little prayer, naming what it is that's bringing you joy, and this practice will actually deepen your joy. And of course, you can share this joy with others. You could call them on the phone or send them a card spreading the joy. You could Use social media, that works too. But isn't there something about sharing joy in person? And isn't that part of why we are here? To really see one another and behold one another, to acknowledge our humanness, the gift, and the blessing that we are here together. One of the joys of ministry is getting to officiate at weddings. And planning for this, I tell the couple that when the ceremony is over and I have had the privilege of pronouncing them married and they embrace or kiss or do whatever they want to do in that moment, and then there's a final blessing that when it's all over and it's time to leave that they shouldn't hurry away from that moment but rather when they turn from facing one another to facing out and looking at their family and friends, that they should pause for a moment there and take it all in. That's what I tell them. I say bask in that moment for as long as you can and let all the people there bask in your presence too. And then when you're ready walk down the aisle together. We could take more time to bask in the glory of these days and these lives we have been given, couldn't we? To bask in the beauty of this earth and in the presence of one another, to be more attentive to the little joys right here in our midst. I know we didn't invite you to come up and light candles this morning, but if anybody has a joy they are aching to share, you want to name it out loud? And I can repeat it if you want people to hear you. Anybody want to speak to a joy that's just here that wants to come out? The joy of my children. Thank you, Michael. The joy of your children. Swimming with in the lake. Anne says, swimming with Nevi in the lake. Singing with the youth of this church. Y'all are awesome. Look how well you're doing, Joy. We could just keep on going. I would add when Maggie and Di came up to do the offering, Maggie said, we're having fun with these babies in the back of the church. I would just give joy. Thank you. I didn't hear everything everybody said. I would also just lift up in the prayer time when that motorcycle punctuated our silence. I thought, yes, God does have a sense of humor and it's good to be reminded of that. One of the difficulties of living in these days that we're living in right now is that some folks in our society seem to think that if other people succeed, then this somehow is going to take something away from them, that it somehow diminishes them. And this increasing distrust that we are seeing that is mostly directed towards immigrants and people of color and people at the religious, more marginal places like Jews and Muslims. This seems to come from a place of fear. Like, there's a limited amount of freedom. And if you get yours, then somehow there's gonna be less of it for me. But that's not how it works with freedom or with human rights or with joy. Your joy doesn't diminish anyone else's. If you share it, you just get more joy. And don't we need all the joy we can get? More joy. (laughs) Two thousand years ago, standing on a hillside, Jesus told his followers, you are the light of the world. You know, the light is not in just some of us, it is in all of us. We are here to let our own light shine and to hold open a space in the world so others can let their light shine too. We are here to share our light and our love and our joy, to let it shine Let it shine. Let it shine. Amen. Amen. So let's sing this little light of mine.